Van Batham, hello there. Oh, Marcus Paul, my delight. How are you, darling? I'm not too bad. Look, right off the bat, congratulations to you and uh, and Ben on the wonderful success of the week on Wednesday. Half oh a my million God, thank downloads. You so much. Half a million. I'm, I'm sorry. Half a million downloads. What? It's it's kind of incredible. It's it was our lockdown project to start the podcast. Yeah. And it's sort of like if we were opening a sourdough bakery. You know what I mean? Like we we started the podcast for ourselves and just thought we'd probably be speaking to our mums and one or two friends. Yeah. And it's just been a runaway success. And that's got to do with our audience and the fact there's actually an audience of people who want to talk about lefty issues and left-wing economics and progressive policy. There's actually a lot of us. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's great. I, I suspected I suspected there were a lot more of us out there than we thought. Well, now we know there are, there are at least half a million. So well, that's true, and, and importantly as well, um, there's been, as you know, a shift. Uh, we've got a new government, and, uh, you know, it's pretty evident. I don't know whether you've seen the photograph yet. I've just uh, put it up on my socials. Anthony Albanese, in a, in a gesture of a hug, has just eased tensions with the Solomon Islands. One hug. Sometimes that's all you need, a hug. Oh, it's been incredible to watch particularly the energy put into foreign affairs by the Albanese government and to see, you know, Penny Wong, who has always been an exemplary parliamentary performer, as anyone who saw her, like, massacres of the former government MPs at Senate uh, Estimates would be well aware. But to see her in her element... Um, repairing our relationships with Pacific nations, being able to speak Bahasa when she was in Malaysia, the fact that she's taken, you you know, like a proactive engagement with China, who is, of course, our largest trading partner, whatever our criticisms of Chinese state authoritarianism may be, obviously a very delicate uh, relationship and one that has impacts for Australians mm. t- to just see the seriousness with which the new government has engaged all of those relationships has been really actually impressive and it's interesting speaking to people across the political spectrum who respect the work the new government is doing in that area and it's important because it doesn't matter it, it shouldn't matter who you vote for yeah you should be able to have an inherent confidence that whoever has been elected is acting in the best interests of Australians and our community and our national interest. And I think a lot of people feel very confident, whether they're left, right or indifferent, that that is the seriousness with which the Albanese Labor government is taking the job. Yep. And look, there was another announcement today, which I think was uh, important for uh, well, for millions of Australians, pensioners and other welfare recipients struggling to make ends meet. We know that uh, inflation is, is up and uh, the cost of living pressures are biting on everybody, but probably no more the, for you know than people who are on welfare payments. But come September, we will see a significant increase, if you like, in in these payments, which is wonderful. I mean, pensioners finally got a a little bit of a reprieve um, a few months ago with a a rate rise of $20 extra a fortnight. That was the highest in nine years. But within uh, another couple of months, uh, in line with consumer price index um, and and basically the growth uh, in inflation, they should receive an extra $43.20 extra a fortnight. Now, that will go some way to helping. 
Yeah, I mean, it's important that we look at welfare in a holistic sense. It's great, there's going to be more money. But the other thing too is that we have a government that's looking at the other pillars of the welfare state. Welfare is not just about a, a cash payment. Welfare is about uh, governments that are investing in accessible health care and governments that are investing in educational and training opportunities. We've got the job summit coming up. Yeah. Really crucially in this country, we have a federal government that is finally, finally willing to do something about uh, public and social housing to relieve people of housing pressure, which is an important issue whether you're in Tasmania, particularly in Hobart, um, or whether you're struggling to, you know, get a roof over your head close to your job in Sydney, Melbourne, or anywhere else. And and this is great. Like, this is the difference. I have no greater contempt for the analysis of anyone as I do for the people who tell me that Labor and Liberal are just the same. Because already, what are we, six weeks in, mm. we're living in a very different country to what we were living in six weeks ago, where the creation of opportunity for people to engage their society, to, to be safe and to thrive is being facilitated by a progressive government. And how do you um, how do we dismiss the smears that that are inevitably coming from uh, from the right from uh, certain sections of the media? I mean, no doubt uh, there'll be a meme made by uh, liberal supporters about Anthony Albanese, who's um, had a warm embrace with the Solomon Islands Prime Minister. How do you dismiss all of that negativity? Because some out there still want to play the divisive game and be divisive and, and tear us apart, for goodness sake. Well, let's talk about democracy. And I think the United States is a really good example of, of what happens when people think somebody else is taking care of democracy on their behalf. Sure. Democracy is a use-it-or-lose-it enterprise. And in Australia, like in this wonderful country that I love so much, we have a democratic system that enfranchises everybody Every single one of us gets to vote and it is the responsibility of the government of the day through the Electoral Commission mm. to forever ensure that the ballot boxes reach every single one of us. Now, with that, you know, with that enfranchisement comes the responsibility as voters of continually engaging in the democratic process, whether that's just seeking out uh statement like primary sources on mm. what the government are doing, engaging with media watching question time as my mother does. My mother absolutely loves a bit of question time. Yeah. Talking to your friends and neighbours, seeking out different points of view, making sure you're always part of a conversation that enables you not to just take things as read but to interrogate them. And, yes, I think we're all very aware of the fact that there are media commentators who are aligned to one ideology or another. I'm very honest about the fact that I'm a Labor voting left-wing person because mm – -hmm. I trust my readers to be able to make up their own minds without me having to pretend that, you know, like that I don't have ideological loyalties or a fixed point of view. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really important part of it. If you're a progressive person, you shouldn't be afraid of reading right-wing comments. It's not going to turn you right-wing unless that's where your own opinions are going. But you can bring your critical analysis to go, if this is from this perspective, what are the agreed facts? Like, what role is this commentary playing in a discussion around what's going on? Yeah. How do I compare that to, like, 
what did Albanese say about this? What did Penny Wong say? What did the leader of the opposition say? Mm. What are various journalists on the political spectrum say? And, you know, that's actually quite a fun thing to do. Absolutely. Like, what an absolute privilege as a democratic citizen to have newspapers and social media and a government that are constantly talking about the decisions mm. that are being made in our name to represent our country and, you know, represent our country's reality. But like I said, it's use it or lose it. Like, be part of the conversation. Absolutely. Ask interrogate things. Yep. No, well, well said. You've been a little bit crook lately. Um, we, unfortunately, we're looking at, um, particularly here in New South Wales, a, a new, I don't want to say surge because I hate being alarmist, but we've got an issue with the cruise ship again um, and we've got people effectively um, coming down with COVID-19 each day. There's 10,000 plus people that currently have it in the state uh, today alone and on it goes. You had COVID-19 just recently. Um, yes, and, and I'm still careful. recovering from it. And it's yeah. been an absolute slog. And it is not the sniffle that it was a few months ago. Yeah. So the Omicron variant has developed. There yep. are now variants of the variant. And when I was speaking to doctors after I tested positive, and I was like, my symptoms seem quite strong, like I'm concerned, they said that this is the reality of the, the new variants that are circulating in the community. It's not the sniffles anymore. Mm. I had horrific sinusitis, um, fatigue, headaches. Uh, it affects people differently. My beautiful partner, Ben, was absolutely crippled with joint pain and chills and fevers and vomiting. Other friends of mine had like horrible problems with nausea, couldn't eat, like it does affect people differently. Yeah. And it, there is a growing concern from the medical community that that um, a return to some restrictions is going to be necessary to curb the spread. Unfortunately, like you can declare all the freedom days that you like, doesn't yeah. necessarily give you freedom. Living with the virus may mean a return to mask mandates and other basic health procedures. As someone who's had coronavirus, can I just say this outright? You do not want to get it. You want to wear a mask wherever you go, especially if you're going to be in a closed area. You want to keep testing if you're going to be around vulnerable people. They're like Coronavirus Absolutely. is currently the leading cause of death in this country. It is not a sniffle. It is quite serious. And uh, Health Minister Mark Butler has said the government are not ruling anything out. They are watching how the situation develops. But seriously, like, if if all it takes for you to not be completely taken out by coronavirus is to wear a mask, wash your hands and maintain social distancing, you should absolutely do it. They've now made fourth boosters available. I recommend everybody get that booster. Hmm. The whole time Ben and I were sick, all we could think was, my God, what would this be like if we weren't triple vaxxed? Well, that's like, right. Yeah. The extremity of it would have been terrifying. It was bad enough with us back to our capacity at the time. Mm. And certainly I wouldn't wish coronavirus on my worst enemy. All right, Van, always good to chat. I know you're, you're really busy at the moment. Um, I, I can't wait for the next instalment of the week on Wednesday. Uh, you got something coming up in The Guardian soon? Yes, I do. I'll yeah. uh, have something out in The Guardian next week. But obviously, um, week on Wednesday, it being Wednesday, we will have a show come out tonight. Uh, we've been running around, so it will be delivered slightly later than usual, but it will be there, and we'd love people to join us. Can't wait. All right, Van, thank you for your time as always. Uh, we will catch up very soon. All right. You take care, darling. Bye-bye.